Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. Amen. Well, welcome. It's lovely to be back. Thank you to all of you who have been praying for Wayne and I. Um, Wayne was here last Sunday. I was in WA. I had ministered um, over the weekend in WA at two different churches and we spoke an awful lot around the nation for two weeks and it has been an amazing time. Am I tired? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a big thing going from Melbourne to Sydney, Sydney, Hobart, driving to Launceston, Launceston, Melbourne, Adelaide, Adelaide, WA, WA back to Melbourne and then into Canberra and back home again. And then tonight we get to go to Indonesia. Woohoo! We are so excited and we just know God's going to move powerfully while we're in Indonesia. Wayne this morning is up at Morwell, at our church in Morwell. And um, the pastors up there are actually leaving today. They're going to go to a pastor church in Queensland. Axe Global have shifted them. And it is an exciting time for that couple because we know that we know that God's going to use them powerfully in Queensland. But Wayne's gone up there to commission them as they go. And then um, we've got a young couple that are going to be taking over, like they'll be the location leaders. And for a period of time, Wayne and I are just going to oversee that couple and make sure they're okay. We're going to be speaking into their lives and just helping them as they journey into that role of senior leader. And so it's an exciting time. And so that's what Wayne's doing. Also pray for Wayne. He leaves on Tuesday to go to America. He's speaking in a conference over there. It's the Ghanaian Church in America, who have now been there for 30 years, and it's their celebration, and Wayne's one of the speakers at their conference. So pray for him. It's a big journey, and um, he's been go, go, go. So we know that God will continue to be with them. Do we miss here? Yes, unbelievably, and we are so grateful for an amazing church that continues to pray for us and lifts us up and continues to encourage us in all that we have to do. Wow, that was a big mouthful, wasn't it? But there you go. So as you know, um, a team of us are going to Indonesia. Today is what we class as our Mission Sunday. Every month we, we recognise and we bring forward a different area that we are looking after in the area of missions. And today we are looking at Hope Village and that's where we're going to um, minister to. I want to say thank you to all of you who generously give into those mission pledges to make this kind of place possible and to continue to operate in all that they do. When we're there as the team, we'll be painting walls um, for the OCD ones. They're going to really struggle like me when I see someone painting and I think, oh, Lord, maybe I'll just send them back and they can do something else as we try and fix the paint up. But we'll be painting. We'll be um, doing different things as well. Anything that they need done. We'll be spending a lot of time with the kids. It's Easter, so we get to um, do an Easter egg hunt. My case it's got a lot of Easter eggs in it and, um, and it's also got icing sugar. Just pray for me, okay? And so is Dave. Dave's got icing sugar. We're just a little concerned. They're going to go, what is this powder? 
And um, I'm like, it's icing sugar. And so we've got all this stuff that we're taking to make their time a really good time. So please pray for us. We're gone for 10 days. And I know that um, our team will make a huge difference to all of those at Hope Village. All right. Let's get into the word, hey? Wayne, last week, he... um, spoke about sacrifice. And one of the things that he did say was that sacrifice was killing something. And I think his words, just let me get them right. He said that sacrifice is to kill something. Jesus is not asking us to kill ourselves for the gospel, but maybe there are some things we need to kill in our thoughts and our actions. You know, it's really important that as we are going through this series of sacrifice, surrender, that we understand that God is coming to us and he is actually challenging us in a greater way. We were challenged last week. We were challenged about giving our lives, surrendering, not my will, but your will be done. Wayne was really um, amazing in the way that he presented that last week. But this week, what I want to look at is something a little bit different. But before I do that, we know that it's Palm Sunday, right? And it's the week before um, Jesus rises from the dead again. In John 12, 12 to 13, it said, The next day the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. You know, as Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey, they were all there with their palm branches calling out, Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, you are the saviour. The palm branch actually represents victory and triumph. And that's why they were doing it, the victory and the triumph. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet or risen, but those people there knew that he was the victory and the triumph that was coming. They knew that he was going to sacrifice his life. Well, they probably didn't know at that moment, but something was happening. Jesus knew. And he was going to be the ultimate sacrifice. He was going to die on that cross and rise again for all of us to make an incredible difference in each and every one of our lives. In the book of Acts, the church in Antioch, under the Spirit's guidance, sent the first missionaries. Acts 13, 1 to 4. Among the prophets and the teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria, where Barnabas Simeon called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manan, the childhood companion of King Herod, and Saul. One day, as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia, I think that's how you say it, and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. Can you imagine this moment? Here is Paul and Barnabas. They are now going to do what Jesus had asked to be done. Go and evangelise the world. Go and surrender yourselves and do what I'm asking you to do. Last week we heard the words about being that person that was willing to lay down our lives for the cause. 
And here we see Paul and Barnabas willing to lay down their lives for the cause, willing to go out and say, I will surrender. I will sacrifice whatever needs to be sacrificed. I'm going to go and do what God's asking me to do. The other thing too to remember was the ones that were left behind, the ones that were the senders, they were actually going to have to surrender and sacrifice as well because those men needed to be looked after. Those men needed the finances. Those men needed to be supported in prayer. They needed for people to be there championing them and saying, come on, keep going. We can't go, but we will be with you. Whatever it takes to see what Jesus had asked us to do to go into all the world. So I want to just right now share three people's stories who went out as missionaries that sacrificed everything for the spreading of Jesus Christ. There was a man called William Carey. You're going to see a photo of him up there. He was regarded as the father of modern mission. He trained as a shoemaker And William Carey became known as the father of modern missions for his missionary work in India. The story goes that in 1787, he suggested that all Christians had a duty to share the gospel around the world, after which he was told, young man, sit down. When God pleases to convert the heathen, he will do it without your aid and mine. Imagine this young man standing up and saying, We've been told to go and evangelise the world. We've been told to go. And somebody says, just sit down, mate. We're not doing all of that. If, if God wants to see people come to know him, if Jesus wants to move, he'll do it. We don't need to do it. But what I love about this man, undeterred, however, he found the Baptist Missionary Society five years later in 1792, preaching a message during which he said one of his most famous quotes Expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. The next year he travelled to India with his family, but his struggles continued. He saw no conversions for seven years. Can you imagine the despondency right now? No conversions. His son Peter died of dysentery, yeah, died of something. (laughs) And his wife's mental health deteriorated rapidly. This is indeed the valley of the shadow of death to me, Kerry wrote at the time. But here's his answer. But I rejoice that I am here notwithstanding and God is here. But in 1800, he baptised his first convert to Christianity and over more than 20 years went on to translate the Bible into dozens of major Indian languages and dialects and he also founded Serampore College to train local ministries. The man did not give up. He had surrendered everything. He had given his all. He had seen his son go. He saw his wife deteriorate mentally. He saw a whole lot of things where no salvation, for seven years. You know what? If it was me, I probably would have packed up and gone home. But no, not this man. Why? Because he'd heard the call and he understood what it was. There was another lady called Mary Slesser. She was born in Aberdeen in 1848 and Mary became a missionary to Nigeria under the United Presbyterian Church's Foreign Mission Board, aged just 28. She sailed to West Africa in August 1876 and it was assigned to the Calabar region. 
This is where the Efik people lived, a community that believed in traditional West African religions and had superstition of twins who were often killed or abandoned. I've got great nieces that are twins. Anybody touch them and you're in trouble. But here, this is what they did, right? But this is what she did. She saved hundreds of children during her time in Nigeria, even adopting one young girl as her own daughter. She also travelled to dangerous regions where previous male missionaries had been killed and was known for her pragmatism and sense of humour. And she championed women's rights and set up a mission hospital for the local people. She suffered bouts of malaria and other tropical diseases and was forced on more than one occasion to return to Scotland to recover. But she died in Calabar in 1915 at the age of 67. She knew what it was to give it all. I'm going to give you one more. These are incredible stories. C.T. Studd. Charles Thomas Studd was a famous English cricketer who went on to be a missionary to China, Africa and India. The youngest of the Studd brothers who were known for their cricket skills in Eton and Cambridge. Charles played in the first test match between England versus Australia where the Ashes were named. He was converted to Christianity along with his brothers while at Eton. Of the moment he met God for the first time, he said, right then and there, joy and peace came into my soul. I knew then what it was to be born again and the Bible, which has been so dry to me before, became everything. When he decided to give up sport to pursue a career as a missionary, he said, I know that cricket would not last and honour would not last and nothing in this world would last, but it was worthwhile living for the world to come. In his 20s, he served in the China Inland Missions where he married missionary Priscilla Livingston Stewart. They lived in China for 10 years but moved back to the UK due to ill health before serving in India at a church in Ochtkukmund. Later, Priscilla and the couple's four daughters stayed in England while Charles worked in Central Africa until his death in 1931. These people knew what it was to surrender everything. Am I asking you all today to go overseas, give up everything, give up your homes, give up your families, give up all of what you have? No, I'm not. But what I guess I'm coming to you today, because we're talking about sacrifice, is what is in your life right now? What's in your life that you haven't surrendered to Jesus? We heard a sermon last week about giving our all. What is it that holds you back from hearing the voice of God? What is it that holds you back from hearing his voice when he says, hey, I want you to go here or hey, I want you to do this. What is it when we, we don't hear his voice because it's something that's holding us back when he says, I want you to give this amount of money over here or I want you to go and do a missions trip over there. What is it that when we're not surrendering in our life that says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Yeah, roots back. Challenging message. But I can't help it. Because I feel like God has been stirring me everywhere I go. And when I have been 
at places I felt the Holy Spirit say, everywhere you go, Ruth, from now on, the ground will break open and I will start to do greater and mighty things. Not because of you, Ruth Swift, but because of the power and the anointing that I am bestowing upon you to allow the ground to be broken open. And guess what, Resound Church? You're no different from that. It is not about other churches or other places or other places where I put my foot. But right now, I believe what God wants to do in this house, he wants to break open the ground. He wants to break it open and begin to cause a flow of the Holy Spirit where we're hearing the voice of God in a way that is so powerful and so mighty that something shifts in us that we start to see that our purpose on this planet is not about what we think our purpose is, but it's about what God wants, what Jesus wants. Are you okay? Are you all right online? Have you stayed with me? See, they knew they would be uncomfortable in the surrender. They knew they would have to give up all their means of earning finances. They gave up their will and surrendered everything in the knowing that they would see the world evangelized for Jesus. We are all missionaries. And missions is not a department of our church. It is our lives. Mission takes surrender. We have a mission. But Ruth, isn't it just about giving my life to Jesus? Yeah. And you know what? That's great. And that's what he wants. He wants that surrender of your life. But when we surrender, we understand it's not by works that we are saved. Please do not confuse that and walk out of here and say, Ruth's all about the works. You know, I'm not. It's the grace. It's the grace of Jesus that died on a cross and rose again. But there is a mandate that was given to the disciples that was then handed down that then Paul and Barnabas took on and went out and continued. And through these men and these women in the past that stood up and went out and continued to evangelise, the, the power of God moved across nation upon nation upon nation. We are sitting in this place today because men and women were willing to go, willing to reach out. I'm willing to bring you to a place of understanding who Jesus was. What a privilege we have. So the challenge is, what are you not surrendering today? And what's stopping you from sharing Jesus with someone else? That person that's next to you, in your, in your streets... Wherever you go, is there a willingness to share who you are, what you do, and how you act? You know, when we surrender, it causes our comfort zone to be shaken. In Romans 12, 1 to 2, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Thank you. Think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Wow. Wow. Let him change your thinking. What have you not surrendered in your thinking? 
What are you allowing God to do in you? Look, I'm going to share a little testimony. It's a confession. I'm addicted to a game on the um, on my phone. I know, it's really bad, okay? And this morning the Lord woke me and he said, you're addicted. And I'm like, no, it's just fun. And he said, no, I want you to surrender it, get rid of the app. But I'm going on the aeroplane. It'll just help me, Lord, get rid of the app. I know it's a little thing and it sounds weird. But sometimes you're wasting your time on a game. And I'm missing out on being in the word of God to hear his voice to tell me what to do. What are we holding? What, what are we doing that is causing us to feel uncomfortable in the presence of God? We're in a comfortable place. Beautiful church. We've got heating and cooling. We've got a band. We've got kids ministry. We get to worship. This is awesome, right? Yeah? Oh, thanks, guys. We do a lot of work here. This is awesome. But we live in a comfort zone. And I feel like the Lord's saying that we are about to be shaken up a little bit. What happens if 50 new people come in here next week that don't look like us, that don't act like us, that are different, that need Jesus? How are we going to respond? Are we going to feel uncomfortable? Are we going to feel uncomfortable sitting next to someone that doesn't look like us? Are we going to feel uncomfortable in how we we represent Jesus to them? But this is what the Lord is wanting us to understand the time of comfortable is gone it's now the time to be uncomfortable it's time to allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do and sometimes that means some crazy stuff may happen in this house we may see some supernatural stuff taking place and some of you may go whoa it's okay Jesus is on the throne And he wants to cause us to be shaken for the greater purpose of what he wants to do in our world. Everybody's looking at me. I want to stir you this morning. I want to stir your hearts. I I want you to start to feel the uncomfortableness in my message. Ruth, stop it. I like my comfortable place. Yes, so do I. But sometimes God's going, no, it's time to be uncomfortable in who you are. It's time to reach out into a place that you wouldn't think you would. It may mean that God speaks into your ear and says, hey, speak to the person. Speak to that neighbour. I feel uncomfortable speaking about Jesus. Are you happy for them to go to hell? Oh, she even used the word. I'm sorry. Not really. I want to stir you this morning. In the surrender, what's the Holy Spirit asking you to do? What's he asking you to surrender? Because when we step out of our comfort zone and hear the voice of God to do what he wants, watch and see what's going to happen. Watch and see when you go to your neighbour 
and you start talking and you start sharing about Jesus. And they go, you know, I've really been thinking about church lately. I don't know why you brought that up, but I'm really glad you did. Do you think I could come with you? Now, you probably fall off the chair. But you'll pick yourself up and go, absolutely. Don't be surprised what the Holy Spirit is doing in this nation and the stirring of what he's doing in people, but he's looking for us to be surrendered, to go out and be the missionaries that he's asking us to be. As missionaries, we need to surrender our finances. You know, in these cases, these people gave up everything. We're not asking you to give up everything. But if the Holy Spirit speaks into your ear, don't hold it back. If he's speaking into you and he's saying, come on, give into that area. Give into it. Because when you do, watch and see what God does for you. There is something that shifts in you. When you surrender the purse strings, when you let go of the tightness of that, I can't, I can't, Ruth, you don't understand. The interest rates have gone up. The food prices are extraordinary. Everything's happening. I can't, I've got to be in control. And the Lord says, no, come on, don't you trust in me? Jehovah Jireh, I am your provider. Don't you believe that I can do the impossible? Don't you believe that I can come and shift things and cause things to happen? And when I speak to you and I say, hey, why don't you do that? Watch and see what I will do for you. And you know what? It is a principle in the Bible. We don't give to receive, but God does something. But it comes out of the surrender and the willingness to hear the voice of God. Right now, I do want to say a huge thank you. You're an amazing church. And the way you give to missions and the way you give to our tithes and our offerings, we are so grateful. And I know the people in Hope Village are grateful because what we have been able to do is provide things for them that otherwise wouldn't be provided. So I know you're givers, but I'm shaking some stuff today. I'm shaking that thought pattern. Oh, no, I'm in control. No, come on. Let us allow God to be in control you know, in Mark twelve forty one to 44, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. She understood that as she did that, God was going to look after her, that that he would be there. I'm not asking you to do that this morning. I'm actually not asking you to give anything. What I'm asking you is, what is it? that stops you from total surrender to what Jesus wants for your life? What's that one thing? What's that thing that holds tight? I just can't, Ruth. I just can't. You know, Dolly's not here this morning, but I know she's online. The reason she's not here is because she goes down to Cardinia to help us down there. Dolly's not young like the others. But she made a decision this year. 
I'm going to surrender, Lord, and I'm going to do Bible college. Wow. What is it? What's he asking from you? What's he stirring you? Because we have so much. And we are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And if we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and our Saviour, we are saved. But what's he asking you to do? To step up. You know what? I reckon Marion would be happy to have more people help her with English class. Am I right? Marion. Marilyn. Sorry, Marion. Marilyn. I'll get it. (laughs) Marilyn would love it. Maybe there's a stirring inside of you. Maybe I could do English class. All it is is sitting with the students and helping them understand English and having conversations. It's not hard. Maybe that's something. And maybe God's stirring your heart and says, maybe I could do that. When I asked Marilyn, will you take on the English classes? She was like, oh, I don't know if I've got it, Ruth. I'm like, yeah, you have. You'll be great. That woman's amazing. And then you've got Stella, and she does the Bible class with the students, and she's amazing. And this team that they have are doing extraordinary things, and people are coming to know Jesus Christ. What can you do that can reach out? What needs to surrender in your life to do something that the Lord is asking you to do? Let us not be people that sit back and take for granted and sit in a comfort zone and worship Jesus on a Sunday and walk out of the building and go, that's awesome. This is just one part of our relationship with Jesus. Actually, Monday and to the Saturday is where we need to go out and outwork what we have learned from what has happened in the house where we worship Jesus. He is calling us for a greater cause. He is calling us for a greater purpose. He is calling us to go out and reach the lost. And there are people that are dying. They are not knowing who Jesus is. And I can't stand that. Oh, but you're an evangelist, Ruth. No, we are all called. We're all called, regardless of personality. Regardless of what is in our life, we're all called. What needs to surrender? There's a quote by Tim Keller. Hey, Tim, would you like to come? Thank you. It says, living is giving. We live life the best when we give ourselves, our resources, our competence and our time and service to others and in support of God's mission. If you spend your money on yourself... You are just surviving. But if you want your life to count, if you want to really live, give. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflow and your vats will brim over with new wine. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 to 8. You must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I am not just talking about finances here. I am not talking about money. Giving is not just money. Giving is our lives. Giving is surrender. Giving is saying, here I am. 
I am. Holy and available. Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do in my life. I give you everything, Jesus. You have my life till the day I take my last breath. I will walk in accordance to your word. I will walk in what you want. Yes, I may fall over. Yes, I might go that way. But Lord, I will get back up. I will continue to go forward. I will do all that you are asking me to do. I will reach the lost. I will go out and into the highways and the byways. I will do whatever. Because one life is worth it. What do you need to surrender in your life today that says, Holy Spirit, do whatever. But Ruth, I'm going through so much. I just don't have the energy. Surrender. Surrender. Lord, I can't do it in my own strength. There was moments through the two weeks. One day I got off the aeroplane in Adelaide and one of our guys turned to me and he said, Oh, Ruth, you're right. You look so tired. I said, I am. But it was fruitful. But don't worry, I'll be good tomorrow. We get tired in the natural. But when we press back into Jesus and we say, Holy Spirit, you've got my thoughts. Holy Spirit, you've got my anxiousness. Holy Spirit, you've got the things that would cause me to feel like I'm not good enough. Holy Spirit, you've got my self-esteem. Holy Spirit, you've got my finances. Holy Spirit, you've got my family. Holy Spirit, you've got my um, situations that I'm going through. Holy Spirit, you're in it. I lay it down at the cross and I say, here it is. I surrender. I surrender it all to you. Every bit of it is yours. You can have it. You can take it. You can do whatever you like with it. But I don't want to be held back. When we looked at that William Carey and we saw what happened in his life and we saw that he lost everything, but he kept going. He kept pushing in. Why? After seven years of no converts, he kept going. Why? Because he knew that he knew that he knew that God had called him there and he wasn't going to allow anything to stop him from being who God had asked him to be. It doesn't mean we live in a bed of roses when we are Christians, when we surrender, when we say, here I am, holy and available. Our life is not always going to be great. It's not always going to go the way we thought. It's not that the trials won't come. You know what? New level, new devil. Things happen because the minute that we surrender, as this church surrenders and rises up and says, God, your will be done, things will start to come against us. No, I'm not the prophet of doom. But I rejoice because then I know that I know that I know that he's scared, that he's shaking, that he knows we're about to see an outworking of the Holy Spirit. This place will be filled with people. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I have declared it before and I will declare it till the end. Not because Ruth Swift wants to go because I know that there is more people in this community right now that needs Jesus. What do you want to surrender? What needs to be laid down so you can hear the voice of God and step up to do what He's asking? Can you all rise to your feet, please? Thank you. Mark,
Mark 8, 34, then calling to the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Rezan Church, I ask you today, will you take up your cross? Will you take up the things that are stopping you? lay them down at the foot of Jesus and will you step up and listen to the voice of God and allow him to do the greater but I do want to say to you today if you are struggling if you're like Ruth I just need freedom I need a release this morning I need the pressures of life to come off me. (laughs) I want to surrender, but it's just too hard. I want to surrender, but I just don't know how to give it up. I want to surrender. Then we are going to open up the front this morning. And I want to invite you this morning. Please, I understand with all my heart that this is a sacred place. This is not an easy place to walk to. It actually takes a lot of guts to get out of your seat, to walk down the front, to declare to Jesus, I am going to make a declaration this morning. This is an area that we keep really, really safe so that as you come, you feel the safety in that. There is nothing that anybody can look at and go, ooh, this is a time where we say, Holy Spirit, I want to grow closer to you. I want to hear your voice. I want to surrender my life afresh again today. And I want you to do whatever it is you need to do. So as the team sings, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to come. But before I do that, if anybody has not accepted Jesus and you're here today and you're hearing me talk about surrender and you're hearing me talk about giving even more, And you think in your heart it's pumping. You've come with a friend today. Why don't you lean over and say, I don't know, but I feel like something's happening inside of me. And allow your friend to talk to you. If you come by yourself, please come and see me. I would love to introduce you to my friend. But right now, we're going to start to worship. Can you please worship Jesus this morning? And as you do, if you feel that you want to come, re-surrender and say, not my will, but yours, then why don't you come to the front and our team will pray for you. Bless you. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Brazound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.